In terms of how difficult South Carolina's SEC schedule is in 2024, I think it's fair to say that the conference did right by the Gamecocks. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock Athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listener watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. The SEC released the conference schedule for each of its member institutions back on Wednesday evening. And South Carolina found out that they're going to be facing a lot of both familiar and unfamiliar opponents in 2024. But when looking at the overall difficulty of the schedule, I think it's fair to say that the SEC gave Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks quite a favorable slate of games. When looking at South Carolina's 2024 SEC opponents and their collective win percentage over the past two seasons, along with their conference win percentage, South Carolina, when stacked up against everybody else in the conference, has the seventh easiest schedule. Looking back at their 2024 SEC schedule, as a quick reminder to all of you, the Gamecocks have home games against the LSU Tigers, the Ole Miss Rebels, the Texas A&M Aggies, and the Missouri Tigers. They have road games against the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Oklahoma Sooners, the Kentucky Wildcats, and the Vanderbilt Commodores. So, looking at this schedule, why is this favorable for South Carolina? Well, let's start off with the first point being that South Carolina arguably draws three of the five most talented teams from that SEC slate at home. South Carolina is obviously going to have their toughest game be against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama, out of the group of teams I just mentioned, is clearly the most talented team and will by far be the biggest challenge when you especially consider the fact that you got to face off against the Crimson Tide in Bryant-Denny Stadium. But the LSU Tigers, Texas A&M Aggies, and Ole Miss Rebels all having to go to your own friendly confines in Williams-Brice Stadium is huge, in my opinion, for the Gamecocks. LSU is going to lose a lot of experience and some of their top-end talent after the 2023 season. Obviously, Brian Kelly is clearly restocking that roster with every recruiting class that he's bringing into Baton Rouge. But I don't think LSU is at the point yet where they're essentially reloading every year from a personnel standpoint, and they can avoid maybe dropping two to three extra games the very next season. Texas A&M, obviously a lot is going on in College Station right now. By the time 2024 rolls around, there could be a coaching transition taking place with the Aggies. But Texas A&M is still going to have a lot of talent on their squad. Nobody can deny them that. And then you have Ole Miss, who goes through constant roster turnover every single offseason, thanks in large part to the way that Lane Kiffin goes about acquiring his talent, which these days is mainly through 
the transfer portal. But again, Lane Kiffin, you got to give the man his credit. He does a very good job of reeling in some of the most talented offensive transfers, especially in all college football every offseason. So the Red Bulls, at least offensively, they're going to give you trouble from a talent standpoint. So it's good for South Carolina that the majority of the most talented teams they're going to face in their SEC slate in 2024 will have to come to williams Bryce instead of it being the other way around. Here's the other thing. There aren't many games in that schedule where you sit there and say, I see no way South Carolina can win here. The only two games that you could probably point to in their 2024 SEC schedule where South Carolina could drop the game is probably their road game against Alabama and likely their home game against the LSU Tigers. But I don't think you could say that about the rest of these teams because, again, Texas A&M, we just talked about it. They have a lot of talent on their roster, but they have yet to be able to unlock the full potential of the players that they have in their program. Ole Miss, again, a talented team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But at what point are the Rebels going to be able to consistently play complementary football to where they can consistently contend with that top half of the SEC? The Missouri Tigers... Eli Drinkwitz's middle name might as well be 500 record because that's all the Tigers have done since he's arrived in Columbia, Missouri. Alabama, obviously, again, said that they would probably beat South Carolina in this schedule. Oklahoma, they just went 6-7 in 2022. Brent Venables, it seems like he's still trying to figure things out being a brand new head coach in the college football world. And again, it's going to be Oklahoma's first year in the SEC. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to lose almost all their conference games, like some people are already saying, but I do think that there's going to be a bit of a learning curve here for Oklahoma in terms of fully understanding just how deep this conference is. Kentucky, again, Kentucky's given you problems in the past 9, 10 years, but if you're South Carolina, you don't look at Kentucky as an insurmountable challenge. At least you should, because if you do, well we got a whole nother problem, honestly. And then Vanderbilt, uh, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. South Carolina hasn't lost to the Commodores in like 15 years. So, not really worried about that one either. The other reason why this schedule is favorable. Going back to some of the more talented teams in LSU and Texas A&M, you get both those teams at home, which means that you don't have to go to those teams' stadiums. LSU and Texas A&M stadiums, I believe, hold at least 90,000-plus fans and are two of the most renowned home field advantages in all of college football. LSU's home environment is quite literally named Death Valley, for gosh sakes. And Kyle Field, listen, say what you want about Texas A&M Aggie fans. Say that they're kooky. Say they're a little bit eccentric. I probably would not fight you on those points. But they've got a really raucous home field environment. And they love their Aggies. And they make it tough for opponents that go into Kyle Field. There's no question about that. So if you're going to face those two teams, you'd much rather have them in Williams-Brice again than have to go to their home stadium. And here's the other thing. South Carolina's floor with this SEC schedule is also going to be higher because there's not going to be any unfamiliarity factor with three of the lesser talented teams in this slate, which I point out to be Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. 
So, right there for South Carolina, yes, you play Kentucky and Vanderbilt on the road, but again, they don't exactly have notorious home field advantages. And then Missouri, if Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks can just figure out how to beat Eli Drinkwitz on game day, then you could easily take off in that series as well. So that's probably three conference wins right there. And that's before you get to some of maybe the toss-ups in Ole Miss and Texas A&M. And then, of course, you get to Oklahoma, LSU, and Alabama. So needless to say, I think that if you're a South Carolina fan, you got to like what they did with the 2024 SEC schedule for the Gamecocks. There's a couple really good teams on the schedule. That's the way it should be, but it's also quite balanced in terms of the talent and how each of these teams really have done or performed on the field over the past few years. So all in all, South Carolina, in my opinion, you got a pretty favorable draw in terms of your SEC schedule for 2024. And here's the thing, 2024 is going to be sort of a reset button in terms of the perception of each individual team in the SEC. And in terms of overall perception, South Carolina has got a chance to either leapfrog or level the playing field with multiple teams that I would probably slot ahead of them from a perception standpoint in the SEC. We're going to dive into all that a little bit deeper in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But first... Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you're looking for a pair of shorts to wear throughout the entirety of the summer, you want a pair of shorts that's going to fit you well, you want something that's going to be comfortable, and you want something that, quite simply, you're going to be able to wear to multiple different venues and events. Maybe if you're going to a cookout, if you're going to the swimming pool, maybe if you're going to the beach, or maybe even if you're going to a work meeting. Bird Dogs are the perfect shorts for you. They don't have that restricting cotton type material that you see in a lot of other pairs of shorts out there. And Bird Dogs also has anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps to keep you cool and dry all day long throughout the summer. So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti style tumbler. I promise you, once you put bird dogs on for the first time, you'll never want to take them off. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And speaking of every single day, thank you to all of you every day for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for South Carolina Gamecock sports coverage. When looking at the 2024 SEC slate for South Carolina, the 2024 season is going to shape up to be a good opportunity for the Gamecocks to continue to climb the ladder of SEC perception. Y'all have heard me talk about this before, especially you longtime viewers and listeners of the show. Perception is a big deal when it comes to the sport of college football because for a team like South Carolina, getting respect, it's not easy for them because they don't have maybe the history that other programs do. They don't maybe have a trophy case that is completely stacked to the gills like other programs do. So South Carolina, they have to maybe string victories together or validate performances year over year in order to be able to really climb the ladder of perception, especially in the SEC. 
And when ranking teams based on perception in the SEC right now, this is sort of my overall thoughts. Georgia, in my opinion, right now is at the very top of the conference. Vanderbilt, of course, is the team at the very bottom. But after Georgia, I've got Alabama number two, LSU number three, number four, I've got Texas, five, I've got Tennessee, sixth is Oklahoma, seventh is Texas A&M, eighth is Ole Miss, and ninth is where I have the South Carolina Gamecocks currently slotted in terms of overall perception in the SEC. But, here's the thing. I think that South Carolina, in terms of perception, can leapfrog the four teams ahead of them on my subjective list in 2024. Those four teams being Tennessee, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Ole Miss. Now, how could South Carolina either leapfrog or maybe even gain just equal footing with these teams? Well, let's start off with Tennessee. South Carolina, obviously, has got a really big game coming up in Knoxville in 2023. As a reminder, the Gamecocks are not playing the Volunteers in 2024. So this is one of those series where for South Carolina, the lasting image that everybody outside of this fan base is going to have of this game is going to mainly reside with what all takes place in their 2023 contest against the Tennessee Volunteers. If South Carolina can go up to Knoxville and beat Tennessee in 2023, which would be two straight victories over the Volunteers, and let's say Tennessee stumbles a little bit in 2024, because the Volunteers, they've got a pretty tough SEC schedule two years from now. They've got to play the Georgia Bulldogs, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the Oklahoma Sooners, along with teams like the Kentucky Wildcats and the Arkansas Razorbacks. In terms of overall win percentage, for each team in the SEC from the past two seasons, Tennessee's got one of the five toughest schedules in the SEC for 2024. So for South Carolina, if you can beat Tennessee this upcoming season and then hold serve in 2024 and Tennessee stumble somewhat two years from now, then you could absolutely leapfrog Tennessee in terms of perception in the present time when it comes to SEC football. But talking about Oklahoma, for you everydayers, again, if you watched or listened to yesterday's show, you heard me talk about this a little bit, so I'll try to keep it short and sweet today. Oklahoma and Texas, it is just assumed that once they join this conference, they're basically going to be cutting in line in front of teams like South Carolina, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Missouri, you name it. Basically, the teams that are universally viewed as being in the bottom half of the SEC conference. And again, no one's going to argue against the history, but if you're South Carolina, what better way to send a message to Oklahoma than by going into Norman and beating them in your first ever meeting against the Sooners in 2024? And again, we talked about this earlier as well. Oklahoma just went 6-7 six and seven in 2022. Not trying to say the program is falling off a cliff per se, but it kind of seems like Oklahoma has got some things that they need to figure out right now along with Brent Venables. And so, for South Carolina, if Oklahoma can't turn things around quickly, they get into the SEC. They've also got a pretty tough schedule on their own end. If they can't beat South Carolina, the Gamecocks can go into Oklahoma and beat the Sooners. Then, South Carolina, at least after year one, could leap ahead of Oklahoma or be right there with them when it comes to perception in the SEC. Texas A&M, 
Kind of the same deal as Tennessee. You finally beat Texas A&M in 2022. You get the monkey off your back in the sense that you had lost eight straight. You had never beaten them in your series against the Aggies. All that's now gone. Now, people are going to move the goalposts for South Carolina, which is a good thing in this case. And they're going to say, okay, you finally beat Texas A&M. Good on you. Now prove it wasn't a one-off. Can you beat them two years in a row? If South Carolina can go into Cal Field in 2023 and beat the Aggies, then that would be obviously two straight wins. And then Texas A&M would have to come back to Columbia in 2024. In this scenario, you'd have a chance for three straight wins over a team that at one point had you at 0-8 in the series history. And also, Jimbo Fisher, is he going to still be there in College Station? It's looking very unstable right now when it comes to the Aggies football program. They're hoping that Bobby Petrino, for gosh sakes, all the off-field issues he's had in several years past, is going to help them right the ship. So, the Gamecocks can absolutely supplant Texas A&M in terms of perception in the SEC. And then the last team I'll talk about real quick is the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, you might be able to make the argument that South Carolina, from a perception standpoint, is maybe already equal with Ole Miss, or maybe is even just a touch ahead of the Rebels. But personally, I do feel like that right now, nationally speaking, Ole Miss is viewed as being just one or two slots ahead of South Carolina, either way you slice it when it comes to perception in the SEC's football landscape. Now, here's the thing. They both have got pretty similar history. Lane Kiffin and Schimpermer have both progressed their programs in multiple facets in a very short period of time, and they've both got a clear identity. Ole Miss likes to have an explosive offense, whether it is the passing game or the ground game, and for South Carolina, they try to play fundamentally sound football. Special teams is just as important as offense and defense. Forcing turnovers on defense helps to give the offense more chances to score points. You name it, that is Beamer ball. So South Carolina, it'll be the first time since 2020 that they will have faced the Ole Miss Rebels once this matchup takes place in 2024. If you can beat Ole Miss, and again, let's say Ole Miss is kind of just holding status quo because of how Lane Kiffin operates when it comes to acquiring talent. South Carolina, you could end up fully surpassing the Rebels in terms of perception if you can get by them in 2024. And also, again, you just don't fall off of a cliff per se on the field in 2023. And speaking of that, with all of this talk going on surrounding the 2024 season, all the excitement that's now brewing, is there a chance now that the 2023 season is being viewed as less important than the 2024 season? We're going to touch on that in more detail in just a moment after these messages. All right, let's get into the conversation surrounding the 2023 and the 2024 SEC football seasons. There's obviously a lot of excitement right now over 2024 because of the fact that every single team now knows who they're going to be playing both in their own stadium and on the road. Texas and Oklahoma are both joining the SEC conference. We're going to see certain rivalries come back. We're going to see some unfortunately go away. We're going to see new and intriguing matchups at the same time that most fans are going to be interested to watch in order to see what all happens. And so when thinking about all that, is there a chance that 
this is now going to overshadow the 2023 season. Maybe this upcoming season will not mean as much. It won't matter to the people that cover this sport so closely or that pay attention to this sport so closely. I think that that's definitely the case. I do think that you are right now seeing the 2023 football season in the SEC lose its importance for the most part because of what all is going to happen in 2024. Schedule structure is going to change drastically two years from now. The expectations for several programs, admittedly, are going to have to also be altered. The short memories of talking heads are going to become even shorter in the 2023 offseason. Just you wait. There'll probably be plenty of things that I'm going to be forgetting about from 2023 because of myself looking ahead to 2024. But how does this all affect South Carolina at the end of the day? Well, I've talked about it on the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast in the past. I've said before that South Carolina, the key to 2023 is this. You do not need to fall off. Now, if you take a step back, let's say, in the win-loss column, let's say the Gamecocks only go 7-5. and five. They don't go 8-4. They don't progress in the win-loss column for the third straight year in a row and win nine games. They don't do either of those things. They just basically hold par and they get seven wins. I think that if you're South Carolina, you are going to be content with that because obviously without getting into all the losses that you had on your roster from this offseason, South Carolina, right now, the goal is a long-term centric goal. Shane Beamer and the staff, they want to take South Carolina to the top of this conference. As much as some people, even some people in Columbia, will laugh at that notion, it is possible. South Carolina has got the ingredients to become a championship contending and eventually winning program. They do. But we've talked about this when it comes to perception, and perception becomes reality when it comes to recruiting, and the domino effect just keeps going on and on and on. You cannot stumble backwards for consecutive years. South Carolina's 2024 SEC schedule is favorable. So if you're the Gamecocks, what you need to make sure that you do is don't take a massive step back in 2023. Don't be having to fight to make it to a ball game in the last two weeks of the regular season. Don't basically let all the games that you flipped in 2022 flip back on you. Don't lose to Tennessee, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and Clemson, and maybe you don't get Missouri. Missouri ends up beating you for like the fourth or fifth straight year in a row. You can't let all that happen in 2023 if you're South Carolina. You got to find a way to at least prevent all that from taking place. And you just got to meet a certain number, quite frankly. You got to just get to seven wins. If you only win six games, then, you know, your perception's not going to nosedive or anything. But some people are going to have at least some more questions about maybe the long-term trajectory in 2024 if you don't even win six games let's say you only win five games then we've got bigger problems honestly and that would end up being an entirely different discussion but I think that because from a regional standpoint and a national standpoint everybody's already looking ahead to 2024 so much 
it might not end up mattering really what South Carolina does. Again, as long as you don't end up losing seven games or more on your schedule, maybe you could go six and six and you'll be okay because once Texas and Oklahoma join and this new schedule gets implemented, at least for the one year that it's going to be there in 2024, then all's going to be forgotten. We'll probably end up going back to everyone's judged on what they've done historically. And if you're South Carolina, that might be the way you want it. You don't want people to end up maybe overestimating you. You would rather have them view as the perennial underdog, the scrappy Gamecocks, the team that maybe gives a really solid team a good fight every once in a while, but they're just not a program that can ever get it done. That's the way they would love to be viewed. Because that's how South Carolina is going to catch everybody off guard. But you already start to see that go away a little bit in the 2022 offseason. Because Spencer Rattler and Antoine Juice-Wells are coming back. And now all of a sudden everybody's sitting there saying South Carolina can win 8-9 games. They could beat Tennessee again. They could beat Clemson again. And everyone's just kind of already concluding that the Gamecocks can replicate what they did last year without looking at the entire picture. And again, in that case, sure, you don't mind that because Gamecock fans, admittedly, they want to see South Carolina get more love nationally. But at the same time, I think that we can all acknowledge that the Gamecocks, there is something about them being an underdog where they seemingly perform better when they are being undervalued by a lot of people. So 2024, overshadowing 2023, it could end up benefiting South Carolina to a great extent depending on how you view their entire situation. But all in all, it's going to be a lot of fun what all is going to take place over the next 12, 13 months, and I personally cannot wait for either season to take place. There's no question about that. What are y'all's thoughts about the 2024 season potentially overshadowing the 2023 season? What do you think about South Carolina's 2024 schedule? What are your overall takeaways from it? Do you think it's favorable? And lastly... Do you think that South Carolina could leapfrog multiple SEC teams in terms of perception in 2024? Let me know your thoughts on all of those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC. And I'll try to respond to your message or comment as quickly as I see it. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's edition of Lockdown Gamecocks. Have a great rest of your Friday and a fantastic weekend. I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.